This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it! At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. Welcome back to Fill in the Blank, and we have a very special interview-style episode um, that's going to go over Ted Lasso and some interesting people that I've uh, met, friends, people I've met on the internet. So we have Aaron Wall with us today. Um, Aaron is one of the OG founders of Three Beards Media, right? Oh, that's what you're, that's, that's what's on your business correct. card? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> the and, OG. Uh, <laughs> the he's original one of the beards gremlin. in the logo. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Aaron and I have known each other for what, two and a half, three years? That's that's probably right. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. It was yeah. almost a year ago this week that you were up here visiting. Uh, it, was yes. NFL, it was NFL draft. Yes, it was. It yeah, was. So, um, good old Washington. Yeah. Is it snowing up there? No. It's about 60 today. Wow. 60 and cloudy. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, let's start off with drink check. Uh, drink check early and often. What do you got, Aaron? I just cracked a fresh bottle of Buffalo <laughs> Trace just for yes. this yeah um, so that is what i'm drinking it's currently on a big ice cube and i'm sure as this goes the ice cube will disappear and so will the buffalo trace i'm gonna have to bust out my buffalo trace um as well i i've been holding on to not opening this bottle because i thought uh, you know, I'll keep it for a little while. It's not always easy to find up here, and I have plenty of other stuff open. And then I looked in my stash spot in the cabinet, and I'm like, oh, I have another bottle of it. <laughs> I guess I'll just drink this one then. So you have a stash spot of your liquor. Are you stashing away from you? <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's it's stashing like when I pick up a duplicate 
bottle, oh, okay. which isn't very yeah. many, but you know, once in a while I'll try to have a backup when I'm getting, think I'm getting low on something. I'll try to buy a second one. And I didn't realize that I had two Buffalo Trace. And then I remember somebody gave me one as a gift and that's where the second one came from. Um, that's a good gift. Yeah. I'm a big fan of giving booze for gifts. I know it's kind of a cop out, but you know, if, if you I don't think so. If you're going to give a gift of booze, if it's something they really like, and you put a little effort into it and buy them something nice, not like, here's a bottle of uh, Fireball, congratulations, <laughs> you know. Um, well, that's that's always a, a gift, though. So. Well, right. But that's an everyday gift. That's that's <laughs> a that's a I'm thinking of you gift, not a happy birthday <laughs> gift. Shout out to my, my buddy Sebastian who got me a 10 set of shooters of Fireball for my birthday. Um, the bar was very like, you have to put those away. You know, you cannot carry the 10 shooters with you. So they put it above the door just to keep it away from me. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy Fireball on top of the shooters that I have. Right. Um, I have a Be- Beachwood Amalgamator, just nice West Coast IPA. Um bitter from March so it's not exactly fresh but it'll do the job got high life on backup so oh nice yeah probably uh probably switch to Buffalo Trace after the high life so that will probably be in Ted Lasso territory so that'll be a nice like transition oh Um, yeah Speaking of transitions uh Aaron what do you think your first drink check ever was that you posted on Twitter Oh, what gosh. style of beer? Um, that's a that's a good one. At that time, and because this is in twenty twenty. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have been right at almost three years ago, probably about mm-hmm. the time we started the pod. I was hanging out with my neighbor a lot during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You and I just met and i just started getting involved with the drink check oh it could be a it very well could be an ipa even though i'm not a huge ipa guy and if i was gonna guess which specific one at that time my neighbor would have had me drinking it's possible that's when i first had uh pliny like my neighbor could have given me my first pliny at the time that would have been about that time so it was uh, Living Daylight Hazy IPA. It was your first. So it was an IPA. Intro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, you I was, yeah, I, I, I tried to get into IPAs and didn't successfully. And, uh, <laughs> you know, life has been good. <laughs> Since then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's also mm-hmm. somewhere around the time I passed out on a on the Bitter Units podcast, probably too, depending on exactly when that happened. <laughs> is that is that your favorite episode of Bitter Units or not? <laughs> uh, no, no, actually, and and I'll say it here because Michael never listened to this, but I actually feel <laughs> kind of bad about that. Um, you know, this wasn't very, it wasn't very cool of me. It happens to all of us, and I'm sure nobody really cares, but. It's like that's one of those things where I'm not a person who 
necessarily regrets things because it's just shit that happens. But, you know, it's like, yeah, I could have done without doing that to a guest, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, it happens. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's funny. That's what happens when you start a podcast during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's it's funny at this point. Nobody cares. It's not a big deal or anything, but it's like, yeah, that was not my finest hour, but also a long way from my worst hour. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not like it's the worst thing I've ever done. So I should back up um, for the podcast audience. Um, Aaron does... Uh, is a part of Bitter Units with uh, Tim and JT on the Three Beards Media Podcast Network. Um, how did you guys get started with Bitter Units? So we were uh, over, all of us, at the Tailgate Society at that time, um, which is another website um, that does has a some writing and also some podcasts for people who just want to want to do those things, but aren't really professionals, right? Um, which we were most certainly not. Um, You're still not, not professionals. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> but uh, there have been some people at the Tailgate Society that went on that had journalism degrees, but it was a lot of younger college kids and stuff at the beginning. Um, I originally joined... <clears throat> excuse me actually jt had been there the longest and then i joined and i was writing um a series that i had pitched to him um that we ultimately named the trekking tailgater and it was basically me writing about all the dive bars i find when i go and uh travel for work and stuff but ultimately i wanted it to be um, other people contributing it to it too, because I go to the same places a lot, you know, my yeah. work territory is what it is. So I don't always get outside of that very much. So I really wanted other people to, to chime in and talk about the places they're going and not even necessarily to drink and all that, but even if they were just going somewhere, talk a travel block basically. Um, and so I was doing that and, uh, then Tim joined, uh, not too long after that, um, to do basically an old man yells at cloud type article uh, about the brewing industry to some extent, I think. And then uh, we got to talking and we said, well, we should do a podcast when the pandemic started. And the, the idea was that I was the beer idiot because I was not into craft beer. Um, JT is kind of a beer nerd or beer snob. If this is kind of what we labeled him originally. Um, and then Tim was the expert. And so we had three different people of varying degrees of proficiency um, to try and drink beer and talk about beer and try to learn things. And, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of learning because Tim would say words and I'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? Um, because I didn't know what they were. Um, and we did uh -huh. some vocabulary lessons and things like that in the beginning. Um, and then we got into having you know, guests and, you know, kind of morphed into more of a shenanigans filled guest podcast uh, with a tasting toward the end. Yeah, like you've definitely the times that I've like popped in, like you guys are definitely like way more advanced than like you were in the beginning. So 
like hashtag growth for you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. cause I mean, beer is like, it can be really boring to talk about. And uh, I'm sure Tim knows this, but it can get really fucking boring, monotonous. So the tasting is like, you know, I feel like you guys are going to evolve that, that segment into something different, but you know, at, at first it was cool hearing like, you guys go through those progressions of what do you taste? What's the mouth feel like? Seems like you guys are more like, hey, we have a cool ass guest and uh, they bought this cool ass beer and uh, yeah, it tastes good. <laughs> Which yeah. is well, like 90% of beer. Like this, well, I'd say 70% of beer. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's some truth to that. And I mean, but at the same time, we want, we still want to be able to showcase. Uh, to some extent the guests work right uh, yeah you know because a lot of the guests provide us a beer or we go buy their beer um and so we want to want to give it its due right they're they're nice enough to come on the pod and we want to make sure that we give them um you know good feedback too i mean you were um were you on the pod with us for new belgium yeah yeah right so those guys guys, yeah those guys are great and you know to get i think to get the feedback to some extent maybe even more so for the brewers than the listeners is nice right sometimes they they like to hear that people are picking up on what they think it should be yeah um and and it's and it's real people not some asshole on untapped right you know so every brewer likes to be circle jerk sparsy hot day so yeah. The subset of better units is circle jerking the, you know, the, the guests. <laughs> yeah, but so. I've, I've been critical of some beers or, you know, I say, hey, it's not for me or, you know, I I, I still feel like that's fair to say um, on the pod. So, yeah. I mean, um, you need to say I mean, that. For, there needs for to Christ's be sakes, I told, I told John Loeffler that I didn't particularly <laughs> care for the beers he sent us, right? There were sours and I'm this is not really my jam, but I know they make good beer and I've had other beers of theirs that I really like. Um, you know, and John is, I don't know, I'd call him maybe revered by a lot of people. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm not afraid to, to say it. Right. I think you know, so many other people don't want to be critical. Um, but you know, if it's not good or if it's, you know, just okay, that's that's okay it's that you need to know yeah i would rather have someone tell me they don't like my beer if i still made beer i would rather them tell the truth than uh you know blow smoke up my ass it doesn't do me any any good to have um people in my corner who just tell me the things that i want to hear um and brewing i think there is a tendency for that and so um it's nice to have a podcast where people are like yeah this is not for me i mean when i was on the new belgian podcast i didn't want to like juice force but it's a good beer like but i didn't want to like it yeah Yeah, right and and uh you know we've had beers on the pod that were not that great and all of us were like "Eh, you know it seems like this is a little off or this is you know could be better if this that or the other um you know, so it's it's the way it goes. Um, but you know, the last I mean the last time you were on a pod with me in our in our 
uh, bitter units after hours discussions, you found out just how willing I am to tell people what they don't want to hear. <laughs> so transition, like it or not. Uh, <laughs> bitter unit. I always say that the bitter units after dark, you guys just need to drop like one of those in the feed. Oh one God. Day. If those, if those ever got recorded and put into the feed, <laughs> it would be wild. <laughs> Some, sometimes it's it's the the guests opening up and talking about stuff sometimes it's me and tim sometimes it you know it's there's been some wild conversations after pods yeah i, I can attest to that um yeah definitely bitter units after dark bitter units gone wild so <laughs> yeah, um, gone wild i mean i'll do it <laughs> topless if we have to i mean bitter units Whoa, gone wild. Hey. <laughs> save that for the summer you know yeah. When, when you're maximum sweaty save save those episodes for them yes right so, okay so speaking of guests um why do you think barack obama hasn't tweeted you back um responding to your interview <laughs> request <laughs> um i'm gonna guess because he's got better shit to do he's not busy uh, anymore being the president so why can't know, he come on better units uh you know i mean I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> but I just think he's probably got better things to do um, than talk to people who, you know, are bearded and white and talking about beer. So you mean talking to middle America? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are cooler people he can talk to than us. <sighs> One day, you know, I'm actually going to read revamp this i'm gonna push out dear barack obama president barack obama please <laughs> rethink about coming on bitter units they have better palettes now um yes <laughs> i mean sometimes you just gotta throw darts in the dark and hope you hit something i mean you know <laughs> there are other celebrities i've tweeted at too if you found, found I, yes that was that one was the most interesting along with um Dolly Parton. I think it would be awesome. Did I, if did you I tweet guys, at Dolly to come on the you pod? Did not, you did not, oh. but you are a Dolly Parton fan, right? Because you tweeted. She's about a this. goddamn national treasure. Uh favorite Dolly Parton song. I mean it's a cop out, but it's it's Jolene. Well, yeah. But but nine to five is great too because I remember oh. that movie growing up, and I mean I don't sit down and listen to Dolly Parton songs, but but if she one comes is, on, you're like you're like this is yeah it it's a jam right um, yeah. and I say that she's a national treasure because I mean I don't know how many people know just the tens of thousands if not millions of books that she's donated to kids across the country and mm -hmm. and all the things she does for charity and for good works and i mean when they had the fires uh near dolly dolly land dolly world dolly <laughs> dolly dollyville i think it's dolly land <laughs> isn't it um a few years ago you know she donated a ton of money to those um those people that needed it and i mean it's just she is the epitome of what a celebrity should be. 
Like you have the ability, you have the resources, do good with it. So it's a Dollywood. Oh, that's right. And uh, it's in Pigeon Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Which is a powerful name. I'd I'd never heard of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's very powerful. Yeah. It's a a beautiful country over there. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the mountains and, and the Appalachians and stuff. It's, it's, it's great, but yeah, I've never, never been to Pigeon Forge, but I've been in the area. I've never been to Tennessee. It's on the list of states that I have not been to. Um, would I ever go to Dollywood? I honestly don't know. Um, I wouldn't not want to go to Dollywood, but. Um, I, I'm not sure if it would it would top the things I want to do in Tennessee, which are probably a lot of illegal stuff, you know, because Tennessee <laughs> seems like a state that you just do illegal shit in. And you're like, I'm not from here, so I'll just fucking do this. Well, I mean, it is. Boy, Nashville might be the. The capital of bachelorette parties these days. Yes, like, like, I, Nashville is on my list um, to go to. I've I've been to Nashville. I've been through it, um, but I've never spent any real time there. So uh, that would be that would be fun. But um, I think I think I might have more fun in Memphis, though. Memphis, yes. Still a great yeah. music scene, but a little grimier. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a. It's a river town, right? It's a little little mm-hmm. rougher. Probably a yeah, little there, more my speed. Yeah, and there's black people there. Probably not as much. There's more black people probably than Nashville. So I would um, guess that you're probably right without knowing yeah. for sure. But I would say that's let's a, just generalize. Reasonable. Let's just let's just generalize. Yes, yeah. there's definitely uh, more griminess in Memphis than Nashville. Um, because Nashville's trying more, to clean up. Yeah, I've just said Memphis to to put it in a different way than grimy because I don't want it to sound like it's a dirty city. Maybe it is. I haven't been there, but it <laughs> might not be. But it's just more of a blue collar city. You know. There we go. Blue uh, collar. Ding. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do people call it Nastyville? I wonder. I don't know. That's a good question. Never. Never considered it nasty, though. Uh, okay, I bet there's a That's not a it. lot of nasty things that happen there. <laughs> but. That's it. Twelve Nashville nicknames. Here we go. Athens of the South. Nope, don't like that one. No. No. Buckle of the Bible Belt. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. Music City, USA. We know that one. Yep. Uh, Nash. Bill or Ganashville, Ganashville, G N A S H. Oh, like Nash is an eat, maybe. Yeah, wow. How about Nash Vegas? Nash Vegas, no, no. Uh, Cashville, I like Cashville, I like that. No, yeah, because you're not gonna have any when you leave, probably. (laughs) And Powder City. 
we're not going to get into that one, but we can, <laughs> the listeners can uh, take it a couple snows a lot there. <laughs> I didn't think it snowed that much in Nashville. I don't oh, know if I you mean, can, I mean, Cashville, Cashville, Cashville. <laughs> Cashville and powder town or whatever it is go together. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um, okay, so speaking of places, because we've, we've talked about Nashville, we've talked about Memphis, I asked you to prepare a top five places to drink list. Okay, um, I, I have that. All Do right, you want it on. in a specific order or you just want to go random? Because I didn't write them down in a specific order. Let's, let's go um, number five. Let's and, just in, go. and you and you said drink beer specifically, didn't you? I just said to drink. Oh, I I guess I misunderstood. But I think I wrote down mostly places that I I specifically want to drink beer. Um, so we can expound on it after we go through that. Okay. Um, number so five. Number five then is probably uh, post mowing or outdoor work. Uh, mm. um, hot summer day nothing hits like a Miller High Life after you've mowed the lawn or done something like that alright number five do you mow your lawn or do you have somebody who does uh, it I do it's not do very you big have a... you've seen my lawn I've seen it but do you have like a push mower or yeah push mower wow Although my wife mowed it today because yeah, I, was, she, I was busy trying to get the, uh, get the power washer fixed because <laughs> I loaned it to someone and they put gas with a bunch of water in it <laughs> and brought it back to me like, it won't work like you sons of bitches. So I had to use a turkey baster to clean out the gas tank and, uh, <laughs> then, uh, open up the spark plug and check all of that. I had to pour gas basically straight down the spark plug hole and then put it all back together to get it to fire up and run. It was a good time. Are you loaning that person anything else for the rest of your life? No. Okay. Sorry, person. All right. Number four. Uh, Number four, I'm going to say tailgating. Mm, Yes. Um. I am not a, and then, and then again, this is kind of goes into the the fact that I was thinking beer, because um, I'm not a hard liquor tailgating person. Uh, to me, tailgating is an all day event, which mm-hmm. leads to drinking a case of beer if that's what it takes over an extended period of time. Yeah, that's rough. The people who do liquor at tailgates, uh, first jump, of all, they jump onto tables. <laughs> That's true. Um, and they also want you to do it with them. And it's like, hey, dude, at the beginning of my tailgating experience, like, yes, I can jump on this with you. But like, as the day goes on, like, I just need to be straight beer. Like, I cannot mix anything else. Yeah. I mean, when I was in college, I drank liquor, right? Um yeah at tailgates that was different um but these days it's it's a beer thing i mean i fell off the top of a school bus in college during Mm. a tailgate um on purpose or accident 
accidentally. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I used to be the guy that would just take a bottle of straight liquor, whatever it was, as we were driving that school bus down the road because my buddies owned it and it had couches and stuff in it instead of school bus seats. And take the lid off of something and throw it out the window and just say, oh, we lost the cap and just start passing it around. Getting everybody <laughs> drunk. Um, but any, that's not, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, I could for a day, but I probably wouldn't appreciate it after that like I did back then. Hashtag growth. Yeah. Or Number three. I don't know if that's growth, but okay. That is growth when you don't, you're not the person tossing the cap out the window anymore. <sighs> Those were good times. <laughs> um, all right. Number three is um, playing cards with my brothers. Oh. Uh, we like to play hearts and pitch and spades and things like that. Um and so it's it's rare that we all are able to get together. There's five of us. So getting us all together in the same place is difficult. So when there's enough of us to play, that's one of my favorite things to do. Sit down, play some cards, drink some beers, call each other assholes, all the good stuff. And is there liquor involved in that or are you guys just beer? Um, there could be, yes. Um, sometimes there's the potentials there. Yeah, sometimes it's drinking whiskey. You know, sometimes it's beer. Depends on what time of the day it is. If it's in the evening, it's probably liquor. If it's at 10 a.m., it's probably beer. Um, although those are interchangeable, mm. depending on what we're doing. Mm. Yes. All right, number two. Uh, number two is in the shower. Um, I love a good okay. shower beer. Um, are you... Glass or can? Uh, not never in a glass. It's it's yeah, in a, too scared a for container. Glass. It's it's either a can or a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I but I don't pour beer into a glass at home. Me neither. So, you know, I do it on the pod, right? Because that's part of what we do. Um, and if it's a if I'm drinking a Samuel Smith oatmeal stout, I'm going to pour it into a glass. But that's not yeah. a shower beer. That if is I'm not a shower a Miller, beer. If I'm drinking a Miller High Life or a Budweiser or something like that, that's a shower beer. I'm not pouring that into a glass. Yeah, I feel like light beers are shower beers. IPAs, mm, no. I mean, I could drink an expatriate in the shower. I'd be okay yeah, with that. You know. I would be okay with there that. Are yeah. some, there, there are some. There are some that I think would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you do the shower beer, are you like opening it in the shower or are you walking into the bathroom it, with the beer? It's probably already open. Yeah. No. Um, you know, because I've most likely I'm transitioning from yard work beer to shower <laughs> beer. <laughs> so they're I kind like of the same thing, but. List has no, movement, you know? Yeah. All right, number one. Uh, number one is a good dive bar. Just any good smells like they haven't cleaned the place in a while. Mm. The floor might be carpeted and sticky dive bar. <laughs> um, it's been a long time since my flip-flop has stuck to the floor at a bar. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but that's always good times. I mean, I, I appreciate that if people keep things clean, I really do, obviously, given what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> but I'm also smart enough to know that if I go into a dive bar, I am not drinking tap beer. I'm not. Yes. I'm drinking things that come in a sealed container. Yeah, there's simply bars I walk into nowadays and I'm like, nope, this is not a draft type bar. Um, this is a what do you have in cans bar. Exactly. Or bottles of high life or you know, yeah. What what do you got? Um I'm a member of a couple of social clubs. I do not drink mm, tap beer. Flex. There. You know. Um well it's not much of a flex. It's a grand total of maybe a hundred dollars in fees every year. Um Oh man, but, when uh, you said I'm a member of social club, like I just imagined some kind of card involved or a secret handshake <laughs> or a password. I do have a card to get in one of the clubs. Yes! It, it is a yes. locked door. <laughs> uh, I, have to, I have to use a card to open the door. Uh, yes! Okay, it's, this is a flex, but it's also sort of privilege too because you get to be, he just licked the, the the neck of Buffalo Trace. So such a savage move. Just well, he licked it. Don't don't do want that to waste at the bar, it. But at home, nectar of the gods. Lick, yeah, nectar of the gods. So, um, when you walk in, do they already have your stool for you? Is it a, is your name on the bottom of the stool? Um, is there um, some kind of head nod no. acknowledgement? Ah, oh. no, no, nothing like that. I mean so the one that requires a card to get in it's actually a, a uh it's called the fleet reserve association and it's for former marines and navy and coast guard it's all um fleet right you uh -huh. um it's for people like that and i'm a i'm a member as a social member just a community member um and yeah and but you're you not a hardcore member Right. Right. I'm not I'm not an OG member there. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my neighbor who's also a member um is like a uh, auxiliary member because his grandpa was in the navy. So because uh -huh. he has family that was in the navy, right? So it's one of those situations. Um we've been a member for maybe a month now. And um, do you like it's it? just it's just down the street from my house um okay like maybe and it, it's a, and a sausage half. party it's a sausage party um less than you might think mm. um but it's a great divey bar type feel fried yeah. food you know people playing pool cribbage tournaments um you know stuff like that apparently it cranks on friday nights i haven't been up there for that they always have live music on friday nights um mm. so but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun place. But people do know me my name in there. Um, obviously, not everybody, but a lot of people. Do they do. go, Aaron? Kind of. It yes. hasn't reached it hasn't reached norm levels yet. But okay, there's um, like one person like, "What's up, Aaron?" It's usually the bartender. It says, "Hey, Aaron." <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I'm I miss having those. I miss I miss the bartender knowing me and being like, "Hey, what's up?" Oh, I miss I miss so much about being younger and going to the bars a lot. I used to 
well, there was a bar in in Davenport, Iowa called Max that I used to go to, and I it was hammered busy on the weekends always, mm-hmm. and it did not matter as long yes. as Gary was bartending. I would walk he in the me. door, yes, and he would see me, and there would be a Jack and Coke on the bar by the time I got to it. I mean, it was just you know, that's that, how yeah. it was. Um. I slept upstairs in the apartment of that bar at times. Um, <laughs> you know, it was Gary was my constant wingman for me at that bar. Um, you would be there when Gary was uh, shutting things down. You'd still be there. Oh yeah, more than more than once or twice or. You be you be putting up the stools, weren't you? I have done that. Yes. Um, <laughs> And there was another place kind of like that too, um, that I used to go to in in Waterloo, uh, not Waterloo, in Waverly, Iowa, called the Poor House. And uh, that one was so it was so bad there that I used to just go get my own drinks behind the bar. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you know what, guys? You're busy. I'll make my own Jack and Coke. this is perfect because we're talking about Ted Lasso and the, the most latest episode. Um, and that episode brought up so many feelings of back when I was in college and randomness and, and, and kind of a different era for myself, uh, which was like going to bars in college. Cause I, I was young. I, when I got to Gonzaga in 05, I was 17. And so I was like the last person to turn 21, but I had been going to the bars starting in junior year. You know, you know, you know, a couple of bouncers, you're mm-hmm. with people who are 21, you get in. And then, uh, so I didn't turn 21 until, you know, my senior year halfway through. So, um, but I had been going to Jack and Dan's, which uh, a, a bar that John Stockton, um, unfortunately, owns part of but um i was going to jack and dan's pretty regularly um my senior year i was doing homework in jack and dan's like that'd be <laughs> nice. like i was like i i like a lot of background noise i like people talking that helps motivate me so i definitely um loved going to jack and dan's the bulldog which is not there anymore um star bar i had my rotations had bartenders who knew me bouncers who knew me um and that was just like it's like a hug you know when you walk in you're just like all right yeah i know it's gonna happen i'm gonna come in here i'm gonna have my uh i'm gonna have my drinks probably gonna stay till the end they're not gonna kick me out and uh we're gonna get this done we're gonna have a good night so i i miss that the older you get or the older i'm getting the less people or situations like that I'm involved in because I'm not out until 2 a.m. anymore. So right, I mean, everybody needs a good local, right? Your local yeah. spot. Um, so, um, a place where you can go and behave badly and still be safe, <laughs> because the people in there know you and they they will look out for you. And you know, you can't be crazy, but you can yeah you can get your drink on and have a good time, and you know, people will take care of you. Um, they're like yeah that person's a common thing is you you get that little you know little loud little out of control and they're like 
they're like, yeah, this person's, they're okay. They're not, they're, they're loud. Yeah. But they're just like that, you know, just leave them alone. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Right. You know, or if it's, you know, you don't get like that. You can't do that every time you go into a place like that. Right. You got to build up some credit yeah. so that when you do tie it on, they're like, oh, Aaron's having a day apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Right. So. Yeah. We, we closed you out. Don't worry. We closed you out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, let's talk about Ted Lasso and, um, I kind of watched it today. I rewatched it today too. So it's fresh. Um, I took a bunch of notes, but I, I, there's so many parts of this episode that I love. Um, but I want to say, Originally, when I started watching Ted Lasso, it was kind of like a peer pressure thing because everybody had watched the first season and they're like, watch Ted Lasso. You said watch Ted Lasso. I was like, you know, I don't have Apple TV, whatever. I was like, I'll just wait it out. It gets renewed for a second season. I'm like, I'm more motivated to watch it because it has a new season. So I run through the first season in like two days. Yeah, it's incredible. The episode that won me over was the dinner in the first season when they, um, Rebecca had, it was a shit show because the musician didn't show up that they wanted to, uh, Rupert, the gala, yeah. 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 Um, fucking, you know, Jamie Tart and Keely broke up that night. Right. Um, and Ted was just like trying to keep everybody like, Hey guys, like, Let's not fucking show our business in front of everybody. Um, I just found that it was like they were building to something and I could see that. And then there were kind of payoffs um, with Ted Lasso. And and every season kind of has a couple payoff episodes, I feel like, where it's like it rewards you for being a loyal watcher. Um, When did you really like Hey, this is my shit. Like I love Ted Lasso. When what hooked you? That's tough. Um, I think it just immediately. I mean, I think it immediately grabbed me um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I coached and taught, and that atmosphere and those kinds of people, I could relate to a lot of the characters. Um, either I knew somebody who did, who was like that, or I was one of the characters or whatever. Right. Um, and I, so I think that part of it really grabbed me pretty quickly. Um, and the humor in it, right. Just the, the subtle drops, even it's not, it's not like they're throwing out one-liners to try to get a laugh. Yeah. It, it's well-crafted dialogue. That's funny. Right but fits each individual character in a specific way. Yeah. Um, who would you say your favorite character is? Uh, I think my favorite character is Higgins. Okay. Oh my God. This is perfect because Higgins has like kind of a breakthrough episode. So I'm so fucking uh, yeah. talking about this. So, right now. so I was really hoping um, if you remember in season two, they did the, the, the coach beard after dark episode. 
Yes, yes. I was really hoping because they kind of <laughs> teased me with it in this one when they were talking about Higgins going to the red light district. Red light district. Yeah. I was like, is this going to be the Higgins after dark episode? Because I was like a hundred percent in for Higgins after dark. Like, they were kind of edging shenanigans. Yeah, they were kind of and and the the nah, which we're going to talk about, uh, was very like almost like breaking character, being like looking at the camera and being like, nah, nah, yeah. we're not going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, it's also like, there's no way Higgins is going to do what everybody he thinks says. <laughs> going to the red light district is, is going to do. <laughs> you know, um, you know I can relate to a lot of the characters. I think Roy Kent for me um, has a lot of relatable things that happen um he represses a lot of things i can relate to that um i i also i love a little bit of each character um i love coach beard you know just be just being um not exactly a sounding board but if something needs to be said they kind of use that character to say it and i really appreciate that um i really love that um, and there's moments in the episode, even though you don't follow him, like he says like these subtle things and you're like, oh, well, only he can say that to Ted or only he can, right. you know, 10 a.m. baby, you know, like I love that, yeah. you know, like I can relate to that because you have people in when you're in that kind of environment, there are people who are just very like one line, you know. Um how do you feel about the season so far before we jump into the episode? I have no uh, idea where it's going. I, I don't really know. Like, I don't, I don't know. I agree. I think it's, <sighs> so I'm, I'm going to back up. Season one was fantastic. Season two was fantastic for a completely different reason, right? You, if you've listened to them talk about the show, they are, they wrote it for three seasons, right the the whole story arc is to be played out over three seasons see you know season one is introducing all the characters right getting you into kind of the feel of everything season two is doing all this different stories of all the characters right so here in season three you figure you got to bring them all to the end somewhere yeah right? they all have to have some sort of uh conclusion of some sort or another and we're what six episodes in now and it doesn't yeah, seem like we're close to a conclusion on yeah. any of them um which is is weird because i'm afraid that they're just gonna jam it all into the final episode and maybe it'll work maybe it won't they're obviously incredible writers um but that that makes me nervous right um mm -hmm. the episodes themselves are 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 good right but I don't yeah. feel, and again, it may be that there's something coming that will tie these things or, or make me think about what happened in the previous episodes and push the story forward more. But right now I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. For me, season two was a lot of the shoe dropping with Dr. Sharon and they kind of use Dr. Sharon to show you, um, Hey, Ted's, a good guy but he has problems 
Yeah. He, and he's human, right? He's got his own issues yeah. and just like everybody else. And uh, I agree. Um, Sharon was a great character to add in. I, I have a, a question. Like, did, did we really need Keely to start dating her boss? We've added another character. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. at this point, it's too late to add a significant character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's you know, talk Colin... about that. Let's ho- hold that thought. Okay. Hold that. Okay. Hold that thought about Keely. Hold the hold that thought. Let's talk about the episode because we're okay. the way I set it up. We're going to talk about those moments. Okay. So, um, we open up to them losing another game, five zero to Ajax, which is an actual team. <laughs> right. Sometimes I I like how it's like actual teams. I like I like that. West Ham is an actual team. Ajax is an actual team. They're in Amsterdam. They're losing 5 nothing. The crowd's fucking like, what are you doing without Zaba? Why are you even playing? Um, right. Very NFL bottom of the whole draft. Uh, like, we're going to be the worst team and get the first pick energy. Um, but way more, way more down, down and out. Um, so... We go and you're in the box. Well, first of all, Ted, you know, once again, we have to have a, we always have to have a reminder that Ted doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> he's like, there's nothing friendly about this. And like Coach Beard's like, friendly is what <laughs> the name of the that's exhibition what they call match it, is. Yeah. yeah, that's what they call it. And so Beard's always there to fact check him, which in this day and age we need we need that fact check we need that person who comes in right there and fact checks things so after you know you see a dejected uh roy coach beard ted in the mercedes benz really comfortable seats <laughs> almost too comfortable for coaching right because like yeah. how the fuck can you coach when you have that comfortable seat right there you know like yeah. where uh, i would just sit in those seats and be like you guys figure it out you know let me know if you need me um, we go in the box and the manager, whatever owner of Ajax, probably the owner of Ajax comes in, says, you know, thank you for coming to Amsterdam to get your ass kicked. And, uh, Higgins mispronounces somebody's name and the, you name, know, of the, she's been very, the name of the stadium. And yeah. she's very nice at this point. And then, you know, she just cuts Higgins off at the fucking legs, you know? <laughs> well, but I think that is. She does, but I think that has to do with tying where they are to Jan Moss. Yes. Because he says complete asshole things. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, he's Dutch. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. Because they're blunt, straight. The The storyline is that they're blunt, straightforward, right? Yes. Um, and I think it was just another example of that. I don't know that the character meant to demean higgins per se but it was to remind you of where they are yeah like immediately correct somebody like it got me like focused and energetic about the episode so i i appreciated that energy because the energy of the team has been kind of really low it's been (laughs) (laughs) it's been low and then zava essentially Mm -hmm. so zava is basically like they're messy 
you know, and I didn't know how long they were going to keep it going. It only lasted five episodes. Then he bailed it barely five episodes, but, um, you know, a savior coming in, scoring a bunch of goals and then leaving. It's very 2023. So, right. I didn't notice this, but we're going to allude to this at the end. But at the end of the Ajax game, they played Every Little Thing's Gonna Be All Right. And Rebecca goes, I fucking hate this song. And takes a sip of champagne. She said, God, this, this song is depressing. And so they cut to an interview with Roy. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jan, it, Jan is very, like you said, like he's very like upfront. And he's like, yes, we're weak. We're, we do not have any juice right now. And <laughs> this is this is even a real conversation. <laughs> Roy, the interviewer asked Roy, uh, "Don't you don't you think uh, this is kind of like hopeless without Zaba?" Um, and he's like, "Who like who cares? Like it's a fucking friendly. A friendly right. is a pretend match, right?" And he's like, "This interview is pretend conversation. You're a pretend person <laughs> with a pretend job, and I'm having a really hard time pretending to give a shit." And you're just uh, like, "Oh yeah, that's Roy. That's Roy's vibe this season, right? right?" Because we know something is wrong with Roy. Roy and Keeley broke up, and correct. And they broke up in the most unsatisfying way, I think. Um, because they they just simply sat down and was like, "Hey, we're breaking up," and then boom. And, and yeah, and with with no, to me, I didn't pick up on any real reasoning for it. Right? What what the thought process was for why Roy Roy did it until this episode. Okay, because um, to me rewatching it at the end of the second season keely's kind of trying to build her own business get that up and going and roy books her these tickets and he's like hey i'm finally ready to like be a person and go on vacation with you and we have wi-fi and like it's gonna be great we're gonna go away we're gonna forget about this and we're gonna be a couple and she says no Right, but you got to go back to even farther than that, really, to where it starts is when she does the the photo shoot. Yeah, and he Roy, doesn't. Right, and that's he when he tell the teacher starts, that he's with somebody. Yeah, and that's when he first starts feeling like something's off or whatever. But he doesn't really say what it is. You know, it doesn't. But, it doesn't well, really say what what his process or what he's thinking in his brain until rebecca says it in this episode which we and, and really labels it in this episode yeah but let's go back to that because he is he is and he ends up at the school the teacher is preparing for an open house they're having he's helping her he but he's also talking to her about his niece and the things that she's going through and, but he doesn't go, like, he doesn't say that he's in a relationship. Why the fuck to? not? But does he have to? He's Roy Kent. Don't you think everybody knows <laughs> that he is? He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. He's Roy Kent. I mean, are you going to ask 
freaking Matthew McConaughey if he's in a relationship? <sighs> I mean, it's oh, kind right, of assumed right, 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 or right, known, right? right? I, I don't. Th- I don't see that as being. Now, I did think they were kind of flirty. They were. Know. That's why I said because they were flirting. But but you know that's not. And then he's like, know. and then he looked at his phone and he was like, "Oh, I have to go. I have a photo shoot." Right. But he didn't say and I so, have a photo shoot, but he was like, I had to go. Right. But I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't worry about a little harmless flirting is not, not the end of the world. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? Sometimes it's just something you do that is fun in the moment and you go on. Um, and again, he's Roy Kent. Everybody knows who he is. It's not like it's me. Okay, but did you did you think at the end of season two they were breaking up or they were going to stay together? I thought they would eventually break up. Because she thought, didn't go on the trip or? Uh, well, there was obviously something wrong, right? I, but I didn't know what it was. You know, Roy had gone through the, the crisis of conscience or whatever you want to call it about being something other than a footballer, right? Yeah. And then he became a coach. Um, you know, so he he found a new purpose, right? So I thought that kind of settled that part of it down, maybe. Um, but there was obviously still something wrong. But we didn't know exactly what yet. But the whole being a coach, like it kind of got beat out of him, right? Because he kind of had to like go through the motion and he was going through the motions. He was driving Keely crazy. He wasn't meeting up with the team. He didn't want to meet up with the team. He didn't even want to do the TV shit. Like he honest, I, I feel a, like he just did it because Keely wanted him to. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. But I was a big fan of his TV work. <laughs> the TV work was flawless 10 out of 10. Yeah, and he was, was give, he was giving it to that guy. He, like he was giving it to the former coach of Richmond yeah, who got fired on was, the first episode. He was really giving it to him. And, and uh, <laughs> he was kind of the commentator that yeah. I think people want to hear, especially nowadays, that person who's just like unfiltered. And I guess in a kind of way, like Charles Barkley is like, where he's like, no, that guy's terrible. No, that team's terrible. Right. They play terrible. Right. Um, but Roy was like, I'm going to get back into coaching. I wanted to touch on this point. I kind of felt that the interview had the same energy as the practice moment back in season one when Ted was like, we're talking about practice, not a game, but practice. And so I I felt like that whole thing like had like a very like, it was like Roy expelling the same kind of energy that Ted was. Like where he was like, oh, Ted can kind of stand up for himself if he needs to. Or Ted can actually like put his foot down when he needs to. Like right. he won't let people just run all over him. And so I felt like that speech about this is not even a real thing. This is pretend like I'm not. This is a waste of my time. I have better things to do. I, I like felt that similar energy to Ted saying yeah. that to Jamie Tart. Yeah, well, because it's again, it's a breaking point. Everybody, yeah. you know, at that at that point with Ted, I think he was at his breaking point with Jamie. Um, and everybody's at their breaking point with how things are going in this episode. Yeah, uh, with a few exceptions, right? We obviously Nate wasn't in this episode. 
I don't know that Higgins is. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yes. But not as per se. Not as Nate. Yeah. 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 Um, But, uh, you know, Higgins is really the only one that doesn't have problems any real any real conflict of any kind right going on yeah everybody else does um so that's the you know and obviously we know what beard does to to (laughs) de-stress um we've seen that the whole episode of it and then of course he shows up as piggy stardust at the end of this one which is which is don't tell yawn after the interview, Rebecca comes back and says, hey, we have one night in Amsterdam. What's everybody doing? And yep. Higgins goes, I'm going to the red light district. And and it kind of <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Higgins? And he just walks yeah. in his joy way like and, yeah. and Rebecca and Keely go, nah, like, nah, he's not doing anything think we're doing because right. it's Higgins. He's madly in love with his wife. He has three or four kids and they're <laughs> Ten, all boys. And, yeah. Yeah. But the uh-huh. way he said, I'm going to the red light district was just so like joyful and like, I'm going to the red light district. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and Keely, you knew there was something to it, but you just didn't know what yet. But yeah. Yeah. You, you were like, all right, let me put a pin in that. Let me put a pin in and Higgins going to the red light district. Cause we don't, we don't want to see Higgins go full, you know, Jamie Tart. Um, yeah, but I do want to see what what is Higgins' version of letting his hair down, right? Like Beard's version is pretty out there. What is Higgins' version? Which we get a little <laughs> bit of that, right? We get a little bit of it, but but not like what would a whole wild night of Higgins be? That's what I want to know. Oh boy, um, maybe we'll get to see that one day. Uh, so Higgins walks away, and then Keely goes. Oh, I can't hang out. I'm going to hang out with Jack. We're going to go to to see the Northern Lights or the the Aurora. I can't pronounce what it was. I didn't know what it was. I had to Google it. Yeah, Aurora Borealis. She's like from the plane on the way to Scotland. Yeah. So for me, honestly, the whole Keeley storyline is kind of falling flat for me. Like her being with Jack is just simply a. I don't know. That's kind of out of left field for me. Feels like Keely kind of reaching for stability, like not really being bisexual. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Again, it comes back to what I said a while ago. I don't know that I like it. Um, because it's at this point you have to know that it can't be serious yes because you cannot introduce a new character into the show that's going to be significant in any way at this point yeah at least i don't think you can and so yeah even jack being her business partner or the the money basically for her operation yeah so why does it have to be that tied in unless unless it's going to go terribly wrong and prediction, bold prediction. It's going to go terribly wrong. Jack's going to pull all the funding. <laughs> Keely's going to lose her business and end up back at the club working for Rebecca. Um, there are because... a few threads that I feel are untouched that they have to go back and fill in the gaps. And I feel like one of them is what actually happened between Roy and Keely 
another one is what was Rupert whispering in Nate's ear the entire time, starting at the funeral? So I, I feel yeah, like there's no, some gaps. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, but Roy, when after Keeley leaves in this, after that, right after the Aurora yeah. Borealis thing, Roy walks up and says, "Where's she going?" And what does Rebecca say? Uh, she says somewhere that uh, somewhere that believes they deserve her. Exactly right, and, and so that's and, really the first time that it's put into words. Yes, why what's going Roy on? broke up with her, right? Um, and it makes sense if you go back and kind of look at it that that the photo shoot was all about her, right? And the new business is about is her thing, and and to some extent, it's Roy probably still feeling bad for himself. You know that hey, I'm I'm old and washed up. I'm a retired footballer, um, and you've got all this new and exciting stuff going on, right? And I and I don't want to get in your way, uh, playing the I don't know chivalrous man or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, to some extent, I think is that's his thought process, but it never really said it until Rebecca said that. Yeah, that was very. Roy didn't say anything. He just looked heartbroken. Like, well, because he knew it was, she was right. You know, um, it's it's sort of like it goes back to you. Remember when they double dated with Rebecca? Yeah, Roy and Keely um, did with that douchebag that she was with. Yeah, and with. Roy was like, "Don't stop bringing drinks." Yeah, uh, well, but uh, at the end, she said, "What do you think?" and he said, don't settle, right? Don't yeah, you don't deserve think you don't you deserve fire. it. Yeah. Right. And and so Rebecca with her comment was basically saying, Hey, wake up, dipshit. You know, this is the same advice you gave me. Except for <sighs> he's not settling, but he's pushing her away, right? Um because... still being nice to her, still being very cordial, like, yeah, anytime. Oh, for sure. Like I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. You know, but he but he pushed her away, right? By being Roy Kent, which is what he does. Gruff, grumpy, <sighs> Roy Kent. Everybody has met somebody that they want to fix, okay? Sure. <laughs> good good luck with Jack. <laughs> Got a lot of fixing to do. It's been eight years. I've used all my tools. He's going to really hate that shit. God damn it. We love you, Jack. I love you. Love you, babe. Love you, babe. Um, okay. So we, we still want it. We still need to figure that out. That's still. And you know what? That's one of the few things that. I've been also what I'm attracted to about Ted Lasso is a lot of the storylines that that American writers would drag out in 22 episodes. Ted Lasso just simply fixes it in like three, like right. three episodes. So when I'm, like I'm, Keely, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, I figure there's we're six episodes in, so there's probably seven more. It's probably 13 yeah. episode season. Uh, if I remember right, I don't know that it gets fixed. Um, ah, oh, shit. It's like you life. Know. He can't fix it. Right. 
Okay. Not everything's uh, yeah. going to... Are they going to end everything in a bow on this show? I don't know. Um, are you the type of person who wants everything to end? When a show ends, do you want everything tied up in a bow? Uh, I want it to be finished. Mm-hmm. I don't need it to be the happy ending. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I, I want... I want everything resolved one way or another, good or bad. So if, if Roy and Keeley are not going to be together, I want that finality uh, or finality somewhere in the next seven episodes. Um, so you, so right? you so think that there needs Roy to be gets, something more like. Yeah. You, you, it's gotta either they end up back together or there's a, there's a conversation or something happens where yeah. it's officially done. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. The, the pining, you know, they did the, will they, won't they for about a half a minute before they got together. It's gotta be one or the other on the way out. Um, yeah. So, but it doesn't all have to be rosy and, and happy. I think how that ends or, or the part that will be rosy and happy at the end is Rebecca. Yes, because she's gone through the most turmoil. And so usually um, I feel like Ted Lasso does a good job of not being so torturous with their characters. Uh, They let them have joy at some point. Um, And Mm -hmm. they show miserable things that happen to them, uh, but they don't like it's not the currency in the show where bad shit just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. Yeah, that's that's kind of why that's like Breaking Bad, right? Oh, but yeah, that's shit. what I was oh, thinking about. Yeah, bad just shit over and over shit. and over and over. Shameless, the same way. I could I could yeah. not get through those shows because there was no positivity. Positivity. You're right. You know, there was nothing that was ever <laughs> like things are going to turn out well for these people. Um, you know, so for a little while it's okay, but. It, I can't it can't sustain that way forever for me. I have to have something because I want to be entertained and watching people get shit on all the time is not entertaining. I agree. Um, I agree. That was like my number one thing about Breaking Bad was there was just so much bad shit happening that I was like, okay, continue the bad shit, but then like just clean this up, like end it because the only things that happen are bad. So if you're only going to give me bad shit, hurry up get it over with (laughs) yeah it's it's yeah it's it's one of those things where i just can't get into those types of shows that everybody else seems to watch which is probably another reason why i really like this show is because it's not that yeah it's not it's not the drama everything's terrible all the time um you know there's humor there's drama there's a little bit of everything in this show there's light in the show yeah it's not all doom and gloom so speaking of doom and gloom everybody gets back on the bus ted's like hey i gotta do something he says there's no curfew people are like fuck yes 10, 10 a.m to the next day like we get no curfew we're in amsterdam this is awesome um he sits back down and i thought 
cool. Like, what the fuck is Ted going to do? Because Sassy isn't in Amsterdam, so he's not going to sleep with her because that's his pressure relief valve to be, like, a normal man who's, like, reminding himself that, like, hey, he's still a guy. He can still pull a woman who's funny, you know, has a job, sexy. Coach Beard turns him and is like, not as bad as you do. Like you need cur- you need no curfew as just as much as they do because, to be quite frank, like Ted has been sleepwalking through this entire season, not really coaching, not doing anything except for worrying about his kid and wallowing over the fact that his wife is sleeping with their was sleeping with their or is sleeping with their therapist, yeah, who's not their therapist now but was right um Um, and i think that's a a logical conclusion to the show ted is and always has been in his character a family man right his marriage didn't work out and he ran away to england to coach soccer because of his divorce and everything but ultimately he always references and goes back to talking about the times with his dad and wanting to be a good dad. And like, you can't do that as well from where he's at. And I think it's, he's realizing he, he has to go face that divorce head on. Like he has to go put himself in the middle of it. Um, and so that's the logical to me conclusion is that Ted goes back to the United States at the end of this. To, to be a dad, to be, a, you know, uh, so that he can be an involved, more involved part of his son's uh, childhood, I guess, for lack of a better way to put that. I, I see that, but I don't know how he actually ends up being happy back in the U.S. Um. Because he could barely, like, he could barely tell his ex-wife, like, hey, what she did, like, fucked me up. Like, that was so, like, uncomfortable, like, swingers-esque. Yeah, but but I think being away from his son is harder than being near his wife. Hmm. Like, Like, he will be happy because he will be closer to his son and be more involved in in his son's life um ted is not an absentee father um type he's of character, not but he right but he also when he was told about the bullying he was like oh my god my kid's being bullied and like she was like no he's the bully and he's like what like yeah. what do you mean but that's what i mean he's not there so how would he know and so I think yeah, that bothered him. Yeah, but he couldn't him, fathom. He couldn't yeah. fathom his kid being a bully. No, for sure. And I, and I think he blames himself for not being around for that. Right? He's not there to be that positive influence. Um. So the, you Wait know a what I mean? Does this connect to Nate? Okay. I just I just thought about this. So for me, the Nate character, when he finally is like Nate, he's like, you made me feel like the most important person in the world to Ted at the end of season two. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, he just made you feel like a person. 
now that I'm thinking about it, like Ted gives off this, he gives off this energy and he's like, yeah, like the energy he puts out in the world is positive, but it's also kind of like toxic at the same time because people absorb that. And then they're like, I need this. I need this from you. And then when they don't get it from Ted, i.e. his son or Nate, they kind of turn toxic. Like, it's, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Vibes. All right. <laughs> but I mean, so, sure. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like he, he does want to be a good dad and he does want to co-parent with his ex-wife. Like even if he can get past the whole doctor thing, I think so he can be a parent to his kid. I don't know where that lands with him, like personally and like moving on with his life. But like, I feel like he can put that aside to, to be a good parent and be a family unit. But as far as like him as a single person and he goes, there's some dialogue that we're going to run into right now that he's just like, but who is Ted outside of that family unit? Like, because I think that all he was like, his life was motivated. Like I'm going to be a dad, I get married and then this is who I am. And then all of a sudden he's getting divorced and not with his kid and not with his wife. Yeah, that's going to be tough for Ted, right? But right now he's just kind of avoided the situation, right? By going well, to England. Um, so he has to go I back. I never and, really thought about that. Like, I never thought about him going to England to avoid all of this. Yeah. So, I mean, he has to go back and kind of deal with it, right? That's the, there may not be a, a quote unquote happy ending for Ted here. <sighs> I mean, it'll, it'll be a happy ending. You're right. He's going going home, right, to yeah. to be with his son and everything. But but Ted's still a mess, right? He's yeah. as sassy says, "You're a mess, Ted." Oh um, man, because he hasn't when, dealt with all of that. His face when he she she said that to him, he was like, "What are you talking about? I was just inside you." And she's like, "Just because you're inside me doesn't mean that you're not a mess." Like, right. <laughs> And, but, then and she said, like, yeah, you are yeah, a mess. Yeah. And she said, and Sassy even said, she goes, I was there when she, when she got divorced, she was like, I was a mess. And, you know, I worked through it. Right. Ted has not worked through it. He dove into a new venture. He dove into being across the pond and put all of his energy into trying to build this team. Um, he has not dealt yeah, he with wasn't qualified any of his to build. Exactly. He has not he has not dealt with any of his personal stuff. And there's no way that you can wrap all that up in the next seven episodes. <laughs> and if they do, relatable. I'm gonna be upset about it. It's very relatable to like use sports as a way to avoid your life. Um hundred <laughs> percent. All right, so so the team is is Jack. They they said, hey. Isaac stands up, no naps. Danny's like, "Hey, should we take a nap and then come back?" No, when you get older, if you take a nap, you're just, you're not going to go out afterwards. That's how it yeah, is getting older. Done. You're like, Correct. you're just done. You have to push through. They're going to meet in the lobby at five. Roy is fucking pissed because he realizes 
you know, after Rebecca told him you ain't shit, you were never going to be shit in your current state. Um, he's uh, like, Jamie Tart, let's fucking go. Yeah, and- not you, Tart. <laughs> not you. Yeah. And and Jamie, to his credit, has been very like, okay, mm-hmm. you're okay. I'm gonna go with it. You know, my dad's a piece of shit. After we see like how big of a piece of shit his dad really ends up becoming in season two, or is not becoming, mm-hmm. he is. Um, you're just like you feel like. Jamie's the kind of person who's like he's not in this season three I feel like he's kind of like Roy's sounding board where the only thing that Roy can control is Jamie Tart because he's his coach everything else is just fucked up right. but even that ends a little bit in this episode yeah, you're right up until this point it was it was Jamie wanting to be the best to get on Zava's level and knowing that Roy could get him there. Um, so he did whatever Roy told him to do. On this one, Jamie flips the script on him and goes yeah. full on tourist mode while they're training. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and you find out you find out about Jamie, right? And that his yeah. mom had taken him and his dad had taken him. And the shocker of all shockers, Jamie lost his virginity at the red light district. Um which would sort of explain why he's a piece of shit in some ways. All right, Aaron, let's let's keep going. So Will, so Will and Higgins are sitting next to each other on the bus, and Higgins goes, "Hey, and you want to come out to the red light district?" And Will's like, "Whoa, you know, like, okay, fine, let let let's go and see what Higgins is like in the the red light district." <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Will said yes because it's the first time he had been invited anywhere. So he was gonna go That's no true. matter what. Yes, he was going to go no matter what. Yeah. So um we the history lesson that you talked about, you know, Jamie's actually running with joy, uh showing Roy the skinny bridge. Uh diamonds are forever, uh James Bond, which I've never seen that I've never seen that James Bond. And I've never, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know it was Sean Connery's last Bond movie. Uh, have you seen it? Are you a James Bond person? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I have seen that one. I am a James Bond person. I, prob- I think I've probably seen all the Bonds. Or if so I who's have, your Bond? Be pretty close. Um, Connery is my Bond. I'd, I'd like Connery the best. Um, Craig is good. You know, Roger Moore was not. You know, um, Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan. Was, was was fine. You know, just uh, fine. Yeah, I think he was fine. I, I I think he probably could have been better, but I don't think the movies they made were all that great. Yeah, that was in a time where it was just like make a James Bond movie. Like that was it. Like it didn't have to be yeah, good. I mean, the scripts I don't think were were great. Um, yeah. With the, with, I, I think Brosnan was done a bit of a disservice with the what he had to do. But he had but, Holly Berry in his as one of well, his. Well, he had so. he and he had Famke Jansky like kill yes. a dude with her thighs. So yeah, he uh, had the hottest women. And yeah, his, I mean Famke was. Like, 
snack back in the day to use your term. Mm. Well, she still is, but you know. Yum, yum. Yeah. Holly Berry's still a snack, no matter what you oh. fucking hate or say on the internet. Oh, I, um. whoever's saying that is blind. <laughs> All right, so so Jamie Tart's giving Roy this impromptu history lesson. We cut to Rebecca, who's walking around by herself unexpectedly in Amsterdam, and um sassy calls her and is like what's wrong i i feel a force in the energy you know you have friends who you just or have family members and you're just like i haven't heard from them in a while but i feel like they're getting into something that they shouldn't so let me go and check on them so sassy calls checks in and all of a sudden this dude across the river in a houseboat um i've never been on a houseboat have you aaron um no nothing like that Nothing like that. Yeah. So this dude, he's he's bald. He's very good looking. Um, and a he kind is. of like I would say he's like the background actor in a Fast and Furious. Uh like the later Fast and Furious. Like he's one of the people who's like with the rock on his team. Okay, okay sure. What would you describe him as? Because we don't actually know his name. Like his name's never revealed in the episode. So No. What yeah. would you describe him as? Um That's a it's a good question. Um He's just as tall as Rebecca. Uh, or he taller. Has, I mean they Or they, taller, yes. Yeah. I mean they would make some eyes. giant beautiful children. <laughs> Um, that's true but uh, I I think you could you know you could describe him as a uh, if you said Eastern European boxer oh yes yes like bald Eastern European boxer yes yeah, so, a cruiser weight or something you know or a heavyweight yeah right like, you would like heavyweight. you could picture yeah. this guy yeah yeah so so rebecca's walk walking through and and this and this guy is he's smoking we're gonna call him dude dude is smoking and he's mm -hmm. he's talking on the phone which he doesn't look like a person who likes talking the phone but he's talking on the phone and he's like he stops you know, and every rom com in the nineties had this moment where the girl would look at the boy or the boy would look at the girl and everything would slow down in kind of slow motion and I have to go. I have to talk to this person. So he goes and he 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 sees Rebecca and he and he has he's like, I have something to say to this beautiful woman and she's like, What? And then all of a sudden she gets thrown basically because a bike She's in the bike path. She gets thrown off the bridge into the water. And uh, you're like, my first, this is how sick I am and technology wise. I'm like, oh my God, what is she going to do without her phone in, in Amsterdam? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Well, so, and that was what one of the first things she said was, mm -hmm. well, my phone. And he said, who cares? Right. And he throws his phone. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I've had nights like this where you meet people and they just like everything that you knew that's like normal, like you meet people who just go against that. And you're like, hey, 
let me text you. And they're like, I don't text. And you're like, what? And you're like, they're like, I don't use my phone. Like, that's not the way to get a hold of me. Like the way to get a hold of me, it's like, I'm usually here, like in this right. bar or in this place. And like, that threw me back to those times where it's just like, remember when people like you didn't, it wasn't necessarily your phone. You were just like going to places and like, you just see that person. Yeah. Well, think about he did what I wish I could do, which was throw my phone. Yes. I Um, was like, you are, I was like, I want that freedom. Because I grew up without that. Right. I grew up in a time of, Hey, if you weren't at your house, when somebody called, they left a (laughs) message or they called back later and nobody stressed out about where you were. You didn't get a text saying, oh, I just got home. You're not here. Where are you? <laughs> Nobody gave a shit. That's so true. It's so true. They'll be I... back later. <laughs> no news is good news was the family motto. If the police weren't calling or something like that, then you were going to show back up at some point and it was going to be fine. Yeah. As a kid, like I had to, if I was going out, I would have to uh, call in after a certain amount of hours, but I didn't really have a cell phone. So I'd have to be around someplace that had a phone and then I would call in and my mom would be like, oh, okay, you're alive. All right. When are you coming home? Come home by sunset. And then you'd hang up and like, that's it. Well, and it was, for me, it was, you go to a place, you tell them where you're going. If that changes, you let them know. Uh huh. Yeah. Otherwise, it's be at home at the time they tell you to be home. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or whatever. Hey, you know, you see your buddy the next day and they're like, hey, I tried to call you last night. What were you doing? Oh, I was, you know, out at the bar or whatever. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. It wasn't 27 texts or people worrying about where you are the anxiety involved with why haven't you answered your phone are you dead in a ditch somewhere you know this whole concept of being able to get a hold of someone at any time any day is fantastic right it's great that you can get a hold of people so easily but the amount of anxiety that it causes people when they can't get a hold of someone is debilitating it's the best and the worst thing ever i agree i definitely because that's I, and that's what ted did right he texted texts rebecca and, yeah and three and, unanswered and, and no responses or three unanswered yeah, no memes responses, or whatever yeah, right yeah. you know uh and while he didn't let it eat him up right he he, didn't, he was looking like, for that he, he wanted to hang out with rebecca and then he couldn't get a hold of her well, and in part probably because he thought she would be alone too. Yes. Yes. Um, and it turns out she met Snack Boy and uh, <laughs> didn't, clo- didn't close the deal. Um, but let's, I think, let's talk about that. Um, I, think, I think that's fine. Why? It's um, not realistic. She didn't give him, she didn't give him her number. He didn't offer his number. Like, that's not realistic nowadays. You, 
don't you suppose it, it, it is a little bit unrealistic, right? It's the, the meat cute is unrealistic to some extent. Um, the way they left things is unrealistic to some extent, but also she's Rebecca Welton. You think she can't find that guy that she doesn't have the resources to find yeah. that guy if she wants to. I agree. But also, don't you think like, his boat is always fucking there? Like you know yeah, where to find by the him. Way, houseboat season. Like his houseboat was amazing. I was like, wow, yeah. this is a vibe. Oh, for sure. Like, it was this awesome. guy has money. It was awesome. It yeah. was awesome. But I mean, she knows where to find this guy. No. And and and, she and said maybe that he's she said forget him, but she didn't say I'll find you. She said, I won't forget you. She didn't say, I'm going to find you. And maybe he's not the long-term answer. He was, may- lo- maybe. he was looking at her as if she was the long-term answer. I, I agree that it could be, but, but, it, but it doesn't have to be. It might just be the night she Listen, needed to know that everything's okay. No, he rubbed her feet, dude. Come on. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. Again. They would have gigantic, beautiful babies, and I am here for it. But maybe not because they're both a little bit older, too, right? They might be maybe the fact that he has a child with another woman, right? Which was alluded to with the room in, in his houseboat yeah. and all that. Maybe that's the child that Rebecca ends up getting per the fortune teller. Ooh. Maybe she doesn't have I, one of her own, but yeah. she gets one through marriage or through a relationship. That's definitely a thread that I was like, they need to close that thread. They either need to never mention it again or close the thread. Um, so after the houseboat, we see Rebecca on the we see Rebecca in the water. You go back to Ted and, and Beard, and and Ted's kind of disinterested in going. What Beard's saying. Beard oh, wants wait, to go to wait. dinner and party. Can I can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Before we leave the houseboat completely. The perfect time for the fuck scene would have been when she threw the water on her wet dry clothes. Oh yes. Hands down. That that was I mean a a slick move on her part to say, "Hey, I I want to stay." But like there should have been some boot knocking okay. going on at that point a couple things about this if you were going to do that. let's just let's just do this right now so yeah. so as a woman mm-hmm. uh, watching this scene a couple things so she wakes up or she gets out of the shower she's like looking around the house she finds the tea first of all men if you're out here making girls tea who fall, fell in the water because you talked to them this is easy this is like you're you're this is a good thing okay he makes her teas like i didn't poison it i appreciate that's some shit that i would say i appreciate that i felt like oh man this is like this is like what happens on a random night when you meet a random guy like i've had these experiences before well and 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 you got to remember that despite what the news will tell you the majority of people are good people um and, yes and don't and don't mean you ill will and, or harm yes um so things like this can happen if you yeah allow them to happen 
I would say back when I was going to college or you were going to college, maybe it was you'd have more experiences like this. Nowadays, somebody would post pictures of your houseboat on TikTok or Instagram or whatever and be like, guess where I am. But sure. that but those you couldn't moments, because she didn't have a phone that worked. Yeah, because she didn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was no Instagram back in the day. So, so he comes back after you know. And by the way, this is very, this is very romantic. Like I was swept G- up in this. When he gentlemanly like, oh, move to in? leave. Can, yep. And mm-hmm. he said, "Can I come in?" And she's like, "This is your place." And he's like, "Well, I don't want to walk in while your titties are hanging out or anything, you know, like." I are you okay I with mean, me coming in? I was like, swoon. Come as on. As a red blo- as a red blooded male, he wanted to, but it wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> so he's he's talking to her and and he's like, Hey, um I'm making dinner. He I also liked how he was very like matter of fact, where he was like, You can wait for your clothes to dry. I'm making dinner or you can take your wet shit and leave. Yeah. And I can put it in a bag. (laughs) You can take this heavy bag of wet clothes and get the fuck out of here. Or you can just be normal and fucking drink some brandy and let me make you dinner and massage your feet and just relax. Technique is very good. Oh no. Very sound. He was spitting game. He was spitting. Like, (laughs) yes. Rebecca has to make Rebecca has to make so many decisions in her day that a guy taking away those decisions and being like this is what it is like she's not used to that like she had oh, a piece it, of shit in Rupert like it had to be a slip and slide down there spicy hot take. had to be <laughs> I mean it would have been if it was me she tried to not be a slip and slide by being like you're a psycho you have a box you have a Tupperware box of clothes and he's like yeah this is she's like oh my god she dead and he's like no she's just a piece of shit unfaithful piece of shit unfortunately no yeah yeah like unfortunately no like she's just like unfaithful piece of shit and so she picks a she picks a dress that like her titties are just hanging out like i'm like damn the whole entire series a very youthful look for her too Yes, she looked like a totally different woman. Like mm-hmm. maybe like Rup. This is how she was when she met Rupert. Like, like she wasn't like so put together and everything wasn't buttoned down. Like she just let her titties go. And I was like, and then he was looking. He was eye fucking her for the record. <laughs> he was eye fucking her and being like, "Wow, you look great." Like my my ex wife. Like she never liked me to buy shit for her, but this looks great on you. I'm glad I kept this. She was still hesitant. He's like, just sit the fuck down and just, you know, be a person. And so there was something intoxicating about, and this is what happens when you meet new people and it gets harder the older you get. It's like you you can meet new people and they, they don't know anything about you. So you can kind of be who you are. Like you don't have to like meet society standards like they can meet you at the point that you're at in something like college when I was at like it was very like I'm a freshman in college and I live in this dorm and this is my identity like this is who I am like 
I also like I lived kind of like a sheltered life but when I got to college I was like I can drink I can stay up as late as I want to I can do this I can do that like I can be somebody and like all that was like flooding through me as I was watching this because I was like wow Rebecca can just be Rebecca she's not the owner of Richmond yeah because he didn't know who she was really uh, or at least it never let on that he would know who she was. And and a guy like that, I'm I'm like, there's no way he knows who she is. You know, that guy doesn't give a shit. He doesn't know anything about her, which is why all of their interaction is genuine. He right? knows it's, everything about her. He lo- He's already in love with her. Well, he but he doesn't know who. Yeah, but he doesn't know she's Rebecca Welton, that she owns AFC Richmond, that right he doesn't know any of that right so she he's meeting and eye fucking and making moves on just a beautiful woman right not not a an ideal or an image of someone did you think they were going to sleep together uh i did i did, I did too. think they were going to um, and I'm fine either way. I don't I don't think doing it or not doing it makes any difference to the story at all. Because they brought up Rebecca and like Rupert has a kid and he's a piece of shit. But obviously this point of kids, like it it's something that has been brought up over and over again with the the boyfriend that she had. Um, the guy in the coffee shop she dumped I didn't think that was I think she was trying to be like this guy's great for me right he's well put together right and like right. Keely and Roy were both like he's okay I, like he's I fine think she, she was thinking she needed someone of her status yeah but then he was successful he was this he was that right that guy was yeah but then tool. she sees him but he's engaged to this woman the next time she sees him yeah. And I feel like it's basically him being like, this could have been you. Oh, yeah. He's a toolbox. He's a complete piece of shit. Um, you know, but, but I think dude, because that's what we're calling him, is just a guy that is likable, right? He's a, he's a man. She likes him. He likes her. It's, it, their position in life does not have any bearing on their, interaction in this scenario yeah but they other don't, than he's they got a sweet houseboat he does have a sweet houseboat like he has a fantastic houseboat and houseboat and he the way he uses space in there was amazing like i was like okay like when he like she's like he's like you're bleeding and he's like oh my god she's like oh my god and he's like don't bleed on my floors but also like you're bleeding but don't bleed on my floors. And then he kisses her leg and he's like, oh, sorry, bad, bad habit. I'm like, that's just game. That's just game. Yeah. Yeah. He's about two seconds from sucking her toe. <laughs> Which is freaky nasty, but whatever. If it floats your boat. Hey, if that's what, if sucking toes is what you like. Hey, if that's what does it for you, more power to you. More power to you. All right. So. Sorry, I, I derailed us and put us back on Rebecca there. You were you were going no, somewhere no, no, no. else. No, 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 no. Like that that's that was a lane that I wanted to go into and we kind of we got that out of the way. Let's go back to Ted and Beard, who 
you know, Ted Googles fucking a restaurant, Yankee, Yankee Doodle Burger Barn, and <laughs> yes. it's a shit 2.7 stars, and Beard's like, we can do better than that, which is like a theme in Ted's life. It's like, Ted, you can do better. Like, you can, you don't have to settle for this bullshit. But right. Ted says something, and he's like, I feel like I'm stuck, and I need to get out of my head, I need to get punched, I need to get drunk, I need to yell at my mom, I need to try something new. And then Beard's solution to that is mushroom tea, right? And he's like, perfect, I've been waiting to, like, dose you, basically. I've been waiting for you to, like, open up this new pathway, this fresh sleet of path of snow, um, and... I, I, I've been waiting for you to like tell me you need this but Ted's also very like I just need somebody to tell me like what to do next and nobody can tell him what to do with his own life for the first time true um... he doesn't have any responsibilities he doesn't have any anchor he's just in Amsterdam with Coach Beard and Coach Beard's solution is let's drink this tea let's get lit and he's like I need to like I feel stuck and this is something that's very relatable to me because I feel the same way in my own life right now where it's like I'm stuck like I just need something else to like push me forward but I don't know what it is I have a basement you can move into <laughs> change of scenery might do you good for the Although, record for the audience like he's been like just come live in a basement you and Jack figure your life out right. wipe the slate clean and I'm like right. okay but I still need to get punched in the face before I go to your basement. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> my basement's not a punch in the face style basement, though. It's nice. It's so, very comfortable. It, it is. A, it does have to be a post punch in the face basement. It's too nice to be. <laughs> yes. Here. Yes. I live in this guy's basement is the punch in the face. That's not my basement. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think when Ted said that? Um, I'm not surprise i mean it's progress for ted to admit yes that that he has an issue that he needs to figure out what's going on he's rudderless so to speak um that that in and of itself is progress for ted um because he would have slapped his goofy smile on and in you know season one it would have been deflect and ignore right you know yeah. make a joke whatever um Okay, but, let's just say this. Beard, his reality is very book-related oh, to me. Beard is and messed then he has up. A, and then he has a crazy-ass girlfriend who gaslights him all the time. Oh, he is he is so messed up. And I don't... We all know a beard. We all have a beard in our life. Yeah, oh, for sure. I want to know... Like, if there's a spinoff, I want it to be about Beard. Oh, my God. It could only be, like, three episodes. Three, like, no, minute episodes. No, because, I mean, you could figure out why, like, why is Beard the way he is, right? You could get a younger Beard and figure out why he got to the where he's at in Ted Lasso. Um, you could, yes. something broke him somewhere sometime, right? He is... A really, he's a weird dude 
to me, Beard is that dude who you, who you have a friend and and they're a great guy, um, but they're not for you. You're not romantically interested in them, or girl, and and uh, somebody takes interest in them, but the worst person in the universe takes interest in them, and they're like, well, this person's interested in me, and like I don't have anything else on the table, so I'm just gonna go with them. That's Beard to me. It could be. I mean, he could be the dude that that scored a 35 on his ACT and was a high school nerd guy, right? And nobody liked him. Why do you have him. to bring that up? Like, is that even a good score? Like, what the fuck? You just took the fucking show back 20 years to ACT. 30, 30, gets- <laughs> 36 is the maximum on the ACT. <laughs> um, Put it on the timeline. Did you know that 36... <laughs> What's the max score on the ACT? Because I didn't fucking know that shit. Right. So super smart, right? Yeah, but socially book smart. Inept, right? Yes. You know, real no. book smart, socially inept. Yeah. Um, or or maybe not even inept as much as undeveloped. Um, you know, so I, I could see him being that that guy but how he gets into the partying and the you know is it because he led a sheltered life is it because his parental upbringing is it you know how did he get to be beard that would be interesting to me (laughs) all right so let's go the team is in the lobby it cuts to the team in the lobby basically the team is together one side wants to go to a live sex show the other, the other side wants to go to this party that's two hours away. This is very like college for me, not the live show sex part. And Danny wants to go see a tulip. And Danny wants to see a <laughs> Danny wants to see a tulip. And so you have these friends, and you're like, "Who am I going to hang out with?" And I'd have these mo- I'd have these different groups of friends because I had I had my main friends, I had my drinking friends. I had my main friends who, like, I saw every day. I had my drinking friends who, like, you want to get fucked up? Like, let's go contact these people. And then I had my buddy. He was on uh, ROTC. And he would he would not be available to drink every weekend. But, like, there'd be, like, three weekends a year he could really drink with the ROTC kids. And so I'd hang out with him for those three weekends. And mm. so I, I felt very relatable and, like, Let's just split up. No, 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 no. You know, we need to all like figure this out and be together. Um, and by the way, like a live sex show, the, the fact that they said it's two tired people having sex, and the, the <laughs> next question was, how tired? Come on. <laughs> this is pretty, very tired. Um, but, very tired. Yes. Do you uh, that is two funny. very tired people? have sex put it on the timeline aaron how do you feel about that um i do not want to see two very tired people have sex um (laughs) however if i was in amsterdam and that's what everybody else was doing i would go i would say that. so you would go i would go voted for a live sex show or the party two hours away honestly that's tough because the two hour two hours away yeah is rough. Um, I just want to say, my parents is like an actual artist. Like he's an actual DJ. So like I was like, right, yeah. That would have been it. Would have been incredible, right? Um, I might have pulled a Colin 
and made up an excuse uh, and not went for for but for a different reason than Colin for a different did. Reasons. But yeah, um, but I or or I'd have just told him to, I'd have pulled my because I'm very Roy Kent uh, mm-hmm. in my own personal way. I would have probably told him they're all a bunch of idiots and just left. You know, I'm like, I I'm not doing just, this. I've had some of the best times. This was an underrated aspect of the show. Is I've had some of the best time in hotel lobbies or hotel bars because all types of people are in hotel lobbies and hotel. Oh, lobbies. sure, it's like, like airports. Yes, and you and never know who you're going to run into. You never know who you're going to run into, with the exception of you do have to fucking leave at one point in the airport. You could stay overnight, but in the airport, in the hotel bar, hotel lobby, at some point you have to clear out. So I've definitely met interesting people in the hotel lobby i i found it to be a great space for them to be in can i get a stack of napkins uh let we're gonna vote on this isaac trying to hold the team together uh when the team is obviously split and and reeling they need something to bring them together so i i really enjoyed that um yeah i mean i could go both ways on that actually as a as a guy who played sports and you know they're struggling as a team right mm-hmm. and so i i don't know if isaac's right or wrong right and if it works Isaac's he's trying right to fix things. he's trying to fix things he's like the part he's trying to fix everybody but, he, but it, it but does he know he's doing it because isaac i don't know if he's the brightest bulb in the world right because he doesn't isaac- come off that way um, and so is, is he doing it because he thinks that's what he should do and that's what the team should do because, you know, he's bought into the Ted Lasso team aspect yeah. or is he doing it because he really believes that the team needs to be united? Um, he believes, and, and- he believes in it. I think with Sam saying the movie night, I do agree with him when he came out hard and was like, we're not watching a movie on a laptop. Stop saying that. Like, stop saying movie night. Right. But it's, you know, so, I mean, I'm not sure that the forcibly making everybody agree to the same thing unanimously is really what needed to happen. But I think Isaac was trying to make sure that they did this as a team and didn't split more apart after a terrible loss. Yeah, I get that. And I, I get it. Uh, again, I don't know if it's the right or wrong thing to do. Now, I think on the show, it'll like end up being... Do you know what it's like to be Isaac? Some... Okay, do you know what it's like to be an Isaac, Aaron? Uh, no. I was never a team captain. Me neither. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I think I might have been in... It's not really the same. Team captains aren't the same in baseball. It's not really the same. <laughs> um, so it's not like basketball or football or anything. Um, God damn it. Aaron, did you have a Letterman jacket? No, I did not. I do have the letter. You just have numbers. A, you still have the letter. Do you still have the letter? I numbers? think I do. Somewhere. Um. I also have an academic letter, believe it or not. So, 
how valuable is that nowadays? Your academic um, letter? 0% valuable. Oh, man. Um, it has done me no good. Uh, but my point is, I think what the guys, it, so there's the, the debate to me in my head is, do they need to do this together or do they just need to go blow off steam? Okay. Which could be done wow. together or apart, right? Wow. Like, Aaron has like definitely taken a phrase that I say to Jack and I tell him, hey, I need to blow off steam this weekend. Oh my God. And I legit tell Jack like, hey, I need to blow off some fucking steam. He's like, and he knows that means I need to like go to another level. Yeah, so so is telling Van Dam <laughs> that he that he can't go to a sex show, right? Or is the right thing to do say, okay, hey, you nine want to go this way, we this nine want to go that way. Wait, wait, That's wait. Fine. I want to make it clear. Jan said to the waiters, "Hey, tell him, tell him why you shouldn't go to this oh, live for sex sure. show." And I get it. I, but Van Damme that. just wanted to see people bump. Nine people wanted to see people bump. I know. He did not want to get laid. I thought the I thought the waiter came in and said a very convincing thing. It, to it was a, a great man. argument. Hey, do you want to see people get laid or do you want to get laid? I mean, it's a great argument. And at that point, I might have tried to hit on the waiter if it was me. I would have tried to hit on the waiter because at that point they were like, at first they're like, no, we're not having any drinks. And then all of a sudden, okay, we are having drinks while we decide what to do. And then all of a sudden the big hammer came in, i.e., hey, we need to eat something before we go out to eat. <laughs> yeah, before we go party. Um... Which, which is something that to me I need before I go party like i need to eat okay oh, i sure. need to have something in the gas tank i can't go like i used to old anya old anya used to be able to drink all night drink all day no food right Bl that blows the whole thing up again and they go to i don't know how sam came up with this idea to i don't know how sam came up with the pillow fight yeah a pillow fight right um which are you jealous great. You were jealous. Um, I don't know if I was jealous, but I mean, I, a good pillow fight's a good time, no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> and, and when you are a professional football team in a hotel, you can pretty much get away with whatever you want, as long as you don't burn like, the place down. I was like, who's going to clean this shit up? That was my first... Yeah. I right. was like was Rebecca Welton's checkbook is going to clean that up. Right. <laughs> that's, that's that's who's going to clean that up. Um, because it's harmless, right? It's, it's it is harmless. Everybody you know, was having fun. They destroyed pillows. It's not like they yeah threw a freaking toilet out a window or anything like a rock star. Have you have you done that before? Uh, no. All right. I didn't know if there was an alternate rock star ego you had, you know. No, I've no rock star abilities at all. <laughs> all right, so let's check back in on on Jamie and and Roy because so Jamie realizes that Roy's never seen windmills before and goes and gets 
an idea, bikes. And so I kind of saw this coming. And I will admit, if you asked me to ride a bike right now, I probably could not ride a bike. So when when this whole hap- this all happened, I was like, oh my God, like I'm Roy riding the bike. Like I'm fucking being like, not that my grandfather promised to teach me how to ride a bike and then he died. Like, no, like, but I'm like the person who's like, teach me how to ride a bike and I don't know how to ride a bike. The fact yeah. that Jamie could teach Roy how to ride a bike was a very sweet moment. And I yes. felt like also Roy just screaming out, listen, I didn't know how to ride a bike because my grandfather died. He told me he was going to, and I'm taking out my emotions on you because it's the only thing I know how to do right now. And fuck, like, I was like, wow, very relatable. Yeah. Well, breaking point, right? For Roy. Right. He Roy does not share. And up until this point, he sure as fuck wasn't going to share with Jamie Tart. No. Um, so, you know, but he kept putting himself in the orbit of Jamie Tart and being like, I can control you. I can fix you. I can make you a better player. I may not know what the fuck to do in my own life, but I can fucking coach. This is the only thing I have left. And Jamie Tart winds up running him all over Amsterdam and Roy's like hobbling at this point, being like, slow down. Like, I can't keep up with you. Stop. Right. Jamie has quite obviously evolved quite a bit over the course of the three seasons and become more self-aware and more of a a person. Um, But at the same time, the reason Roy, Roy is training Jamie is because he's become less of a football player. Um, you know, in, in, in becoming more of a team player. And they think they even said it at one point in season two, you know, that, that Ted kind of broke Jamie, right. When they had to tell him when to be an asshole and, you know, the, the sign yeah. from the sideline thing, um, you know, so I think it's, it's, it, we're working to the point of Roy being comfortable with who he is now, whether that ends up with Keely or not, again, back to maybe not. And Jamie learning how to turn on and off the asshole and be a person the rest of the time that people like, which will help him, you know, in his personal life in the long run. I, cause I honestly oh. thought maybe Jamie and Keely were going to end up back together. I did think that as well, because Jamie obviously has changed. Um, He is more self-aware. A couple things. Let's just go into what what happens. And so they're riding this bike. And and Jamie's talking about, like you said before, how he lost his virginity with his dad. And his dad was trying to show that, hey, I'm a good dad. And, And to him, a good dad was, let me have you lose your virginity in Amsterdam. And And then he goes with his mom. And his mom takes him to do normal shit, like sightseeing, museums, tours. Right. And he loved that. He needed that. He didn't need his dad to take him to the red light district to lose his virginity. Um, he just needed somebody to be normal. And so, you know, he says this and then Roy goes, I think Keely's sleeping with Jack. And then... Jamie Tart doesn't say anything. 
why doesn't he say anything? That to me, like floored me. Like I'm like, uh, how could he have no reaction to that? Because Jay, old Jamie Tart would have been like, oh really? Did they do it in front of you? Maybe it's because Jamie, or maybe it's it's how we know that Jamie and Keely won't happen. Because it doesn't register for Jamie in any real way. No shocked, surprised, what? No way situation, you know what I mean? Where, like, maybe it mattered to him. Um, well, so maybe, maybe the non-response is the response in that, okay, fine, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. I remember when in the second season he comes back and and he's like, talking to Keely and he's like maybe this is the first season but he's like hey I just wanted to come and talk to you and then she's like do you want to go upstairs and he's like I you want me to have sex with you or he was like very like oh like this is how you have like this is how you engage in like hey I want to have sex with you without being like overt like jump on my dick he was just right. like, oh. Be vulnerable and talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. like if I tell you how I feel, like you'll want to have sex with me and I won't have to ask you. Wow, like I didn't know yeah. that. That's that's when he learned how to engage the slip and slide. <laughs> God damn it. Um, All right. So, uh, so I think the final thing we have to talk about is Colin and Trent, which has kind of been building. I mean, we we can talk about Higgins and the he goes to the jazz club and he gets his vibe on, um, obviously. And which William which is deserved. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we deserve to get to see Higgins let his hair down. He was vibing, you know. The, yeah, and, and a side and a sidebar thruple for Wilson. Yeah, for William is William. Is, yeah, is funny, right? You know, so well, he was telling um, his mom so enthusiastically that was great. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's funny, you know. Higgins again uh, brings light to the show, right? His he's getting to live his dream. Yeah, and William's getting to be a man. Like Higgins said, okay, uh, hey, William's going to become a man today. So, <laughs> right. And it did, just not in the way that everybody thought when he was talking about the red light district. Um, so, we have but, Colin. But, he, yeah. Go ahead. So, well, on the Colin, and, and so, you know, my wife, Jessica, and she watches the show with me. And she, when. Trent Krim first saw Colin kissing the dude outside of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Her immediate reaction was, you better not, Trent Krim, <laughs> right? You're like, don't out him. Don't mm-hmm. put this into, you know, your book or this. That. Yeah. And so I don't know if that skewed the way I was thinking about it. I did not. I'm not surprised by it. But we've never developed Trent Krim's character outside of the work. Uh, yes. So it doesn't Jack- surprise me that he is gay, but it is, you know, that that's not a surprise. But I, I that story could have gone a couple of different ways in that 
Trent could have been, you know, could have been gay outing or him. could have been outing him. And, you know, either one of those are possible, but it doesn't, it makes sense that he is gay because it outing someone wouldn't fit the vibe of the Ted Lasso show. Yeah. Especially since he outed himself and his source um, before he quit the independent. Right. So, uh, he, um, he's already re- revealed himself as a person of integrity. Yeah. So Jack said that Trent, that Trent was gay the whole time and, and it was revealed through the show, but I, I couldn't remember. Like, I was like, I don't think so. I don't remember it. Or if, if they did, it was never it was very quick. Yeah. It was never really out there overt, you know, in your face or anything like that. Um, Again, doesn't surprise me. Uh, sidebar, that fucking guy, I don't know his real name, but his goddamn hair is magnificent. I mean, his hair is just fantastic. I mean, it's flowing. It has it's, it has streaks of gray. It has streaks yeah, of it's brown. Mag- I mean, come magnificent. On. Come on. How could they not have him on the third season? Like, that hair. Yeah, agreed. The so hair ha- has its own contract. <laughs> so we have Colin, and he he bails on the team outing with an upset stomach, but he sneaks out and he goes to this name uh, this bar called Prick, and and Thunderdong is on the uh, is a banner <laughs> below it, and he goes in and he he's like, "Do you have vanilla vodka?" Which took me back to call like it took. I was like, "Whoa, vanilla!" Yeah. Vodka. Oh God, no. Oh God, no! And the bartender's like, no, and he's like, oh, I'll have a beer, whatever. Um, and then he goes, "Do you know me?" And the bartender's like, "Can I tell you something? You can be whoever you want to be tonight." And so, once again, college Johnny's like, "Wow! Like, remember when you could just like be a person? You didn't have bills, you didn't have responsibilities, you have to go back to work on Monday. You could just be." Fast forward, Trent. It's and I was like, here comes Trent again. Like I'm like, either Trent talk to him or just like stop creeping. So Trent comes in and Colin's like, oh, I'm in the wrong bar. Like sorry. Um, and the bartender's like, this happens all the time. Like people just come in and they're like, oh, I'm not gay anymore. And Trent goes, I know why you're hesitant about this. So we we hear Trent talk about coming out twice and do you okay so do you think it's his mother or his his the mother of his kid that he's coming out to twice about because then he says I have a daughter and I came out to her and she's happy I think it's his mother I think it's his mother I think yeah his mother so he comes out and he says that he's like but it's different for me because I'm a journalist and it doesn't matter whether I'm gay or not but it matters if you're gay Colin and I thought, number one, I thought whoever wrote this dialogue has, is deserve, deserves all the deserves a lot of accolades because this was very like how I feel um, the other side of being a gay person in sports, gay, lesbian, trans, just not straight in sports. Um, where he was just like, um, can I, 
Go ahead. Interject just a second. I think in men's sports. You think in men's sports? Okay. I mean, it seems much more acceptable and open and out there in in women's sports, right? Everybody knows that. I think about a situation at Baylor with Kim Mulkey, who won a national championship at LSU and at Baylor. And she, it was kind of like on her team that you weren't, if you were a lesbian, which Brittany Griner was, you kind of suppressed yeah. that. Right. And, and and that's true. But I'm thinking pro sports, like you thinking Rapino about Mormon and Sue Bird and, you know, all of these, right? Sue Bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all of these people who are openly out, yes. you know, the, the old joke slash stereotype, whatever you want to call it about women's softball players. Um, okay. Right. You know, um, yeah. it, it hear, seems a much more, a much, much less of a big deal than an yeah. openly gay professional male athlete. So to two points about that, I thought that, the dialogue that Colin said about wanting to kiss his partner at the end of the game was very poignant because um, we there's still a tendency to think about just like straight relationships and being out in those relationships. Um, and I think that in women's sports like WNBA or, or predominantly at WNBA like you can be who you are in those sports and it's not out of left field if you kiss your partner at the end of the game but I also related to the dialogue where it was I don't necessarily want to be a spokesman for being gay in soccer and I don't I think it would be okay if I came out but at the same time like I don't want to hear an apology or I don't right. want to have to justify who I am because I feel like two different people and I have an ache inside my heart or I have an ache inside my body that I can't be who I am. I related to that because it's like he just wants to be Colin on and off the field and at the workplace, but he also doesn't want to be the spokesperson for, hey, I'm gay in soccer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I and because that's that's a lot of stress. I'm sure a lot of pressure to be that spokesperson, and that's not for everybody. Yes, and 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 that's and that doesn't matter whether it's because you're gay or because you want to speak up about something else, right? It, It it's a specific type of person who can put themselves out in front of an issue, whatever that issue is. Um, some people don't want to be the spotlight in the spotlight like that. And and that's okay. Right. Because when you put someone who doesn't want to be there in that spotlight, it typically doesn't turn out well. Yeah. I, I definitely think that I think three years ago before COVID, I was like, if you're an athlete and you, you have a platform, you know, say something, but not every athlete should say something. Because some of them are, are shitheads. So some of them need to I've learned my lesson on that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So the last thing basically to me is Ted having his breakthrough by going, he drinks the tea 
He finally drinks the tea. I don't know how the fuck he drank it, but he drank it. Not all of it, but he drank it. Most of it. To, most of it. He goes to Yankee Doodle, goes to the bar. He orders a tower of onion rings, the freedom fries. He Looks sits great. in the windy. Yeah, he sends, sits in the windy city part, looks at basketball games and thinks about his dad um, who died by suicide. And then he has like this moment where he's this very like 90s moment where he's there's a narrator and the narrator's telling him about triangles and how triangles work. What did you think about that whole sequence? Um, it was interesting because they gave you every reason to believe that he was baked out of his mind up until yeah. that point. Um, you know, and that he was suddenly having an epiphany um about how the game worked and and the things going on around him um when when we find out later in fact that he was not right yeah uh, he, he didn't he did not invent triangle anything it's called total yeah. football but but what he did was i think what it'll do to, for him mm-hmm. is give him confidence that he knows more about the game than he thought he did. Like that he's not just a CEO figurehead sports. Yeah. Guy. Um, like he figured out and invented to him, at least invented, um, you know, a version of soccer called total soccer. Um, <laughs> or total, total football. football. Sorry. Um, that was sorry, sorry to the, the the most popular sport in the world. Uh, us Americans still call it soccer. Yeah, but so you know, and then he came up with it all by himself, and he he really has absorbed some things about the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that maybe he is not as ill informed as he thought he was. Yeah, and so he. He drinks the tea. Before this, he goes to a museum. He sees a sunflower, which is the what he says is the official flower of Kansas. And it is. It, he gets a journal. It is. Yes. It okay, is. I can confirm it that. Is. It is. So he sees. He has this moment where he's looking at this beautiful. You know, it's just a some. It's just some flowers in a vase. But like, at different points in your life, certain things can hit you differently. And I think that Ted was just like. Wow, I'm just me in this museum looking at this sunflower and it has a connection to the state that I live in. Then he goes to Yankee Doodle and he gets the barbecue sauce, which is from Kansas City. And he's like, why did you give me this? And she's like, it's the best one. Yeah, Arthur Bryant's. Arguably not the wrong choice. That place is fucking incredible if you're ever in Kansas City. You've been there. What what did you get when you went there? I was born in Kansas City. I have been there. Oh wow! All right, I did not know that. All right, cool. Yes. Um, so he's there, and he ends up back on the bus. Everybody gets back on the bus. Rebecca gets on the bus. Piggy Stardust, Coach Beard gets on the bus. (laughs) Uh, Ted's still journaling, and. And Ted's like, sorry, dude, I ditched you. And he's like, nah, it's cool, dude. You know, you did what you had to do. Um, And Rebecca gets back on the bus and she seems like she's okay. And everybody just starts singing. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Roy ends up back on the bus. Yeah. Like everybody's fine at the end of that excursion. 
um, not like the first time when they had beaten, I forgot who it was, and then Ted has a panic attack and sleeps with Sassy. So this is like totally a different thing where Ted was kind of breaking through and Coach Weird was like, yeah, you're engaged. Like you're focused on coaching for the first time. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, which I think is important, right? I think the sunflowers thing it is the longing for home. Yes. Right, the remembrance of home. But he also knows that I, I think maybe the whole f- fake psychedelic trip to invent total football. Um, yeah, because Coach Beard it, says that the batch was a dud, by the way. Yeah. is uh, Kenneth, the bus driver, verified it. Yeah. Is that, uh, you know, hey, in order for him to be, you know, to maybe not focus on all the things he can't control, he needs to focus on the thing that he can control, which is coaching this team. Yeah. Because up to this point, like you said, he'd been, yeah, he'd been pretty not there. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, because to some extent you just, you know, you had the Zava thing. um, And then when that cratered, you know, what, what do you do to Ted for the first time was like, I don't know how to, or at least didn't believe he knew how to fix it. Because, because he, he you know, they... doesn't know how to fix himself, you know? Like, right. Dr. Sharon's moved. She has a hot young thing that she's fucking has on <laughs> yeah. the wire. Which what I was like, damn, girl, get you. Good get for you her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good for you. Um, And I think that Dr. Sharon leaving to Ted was like, you're another person leaving me. Like... My dad left me, you know, my wife left me, and then she took my kid, and then, you know. Yeah, especially when she stopped kind of, I think at one point they showed that she was not responding to his texts anymore. Yeah. Um, You know, so I, I get that. Um, and and maybe some of this is Ted uh, had always leaned on Beard right for the soccer side of things to to know the game and all of that and so maybe this is a step of self-reliance for ted hey i i came up with this idea now granted if somebody else came up with it in the 70s but you know i did this on my own i am capable yeah i got i got here on my own so yeah um i'm glad ted's figured it out i've figured out nothing except for that i long for the days of randomness when uh you know just you could go to a bar and you could sit there and uh maybe talk to the bartender and the bartender maybe leave you alone you sit next to somebody who is halfway normal and not spouting conspiracy theories so um i long for those days so i think that we pretty much wrapped up this this is longest episode ever so yeah, we, I think we, we talked pretty much about the episode longer than the episode. The episode. So, um, <laughs> but we made. I feel like we made some some good good points about that you can take away from if you've never watched Ted Lasso. You know, obviously, too late. It's already spoilers. But I think um, the depth of what we've talked about. If you've never watched it, you should definitely go watch it after this. So um, catch up because it's not the end of the season yet. You can still catch up. Um, it's on apple plus tv um 
I don't know how many episodes are left. I don't really want to know because I don't want to count down in my head like <laughs> how much is left. Yeah, I keep saying characters. that this was episode six, but I'm not a hundred. It could be five. Could it be is six. six. Is it, was it okay? Six, I, I wasn't hundred yeah. percent sure. Yeah. Um, and I have no. I, I I used to watch TV with the purpose of like what's going to happen next, but I don't want to know what happens next or speculate because I just want to be in the vibe of these characters. I think I know sports wise, soccer wise, football wise, what might happen with me. And obviously there is probably a showdown with West Ham again at some point, right. um, just for sports sake. Um, and, and, and I think because of the slide that, that uh, Richmond has been on, my guess is that it's, they're going to play spoiler to West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, Nate and, and Ted, even though they've been, they were thrown into each other's orbit in episode five, they didn't really get to talk about anything. Um, right. They were in the elevator and, and, and Nate kind of had a breakthrough where I, I think they're going to try to redeem Nate. Spicy hot take. Here we go. I said, I don't want to think about it, but I, I think, I, I just want to say, I didn't redeem Nate to me that he talked to the girl at the Greek restaurant or whatever restaurant it was. I just thought she finally yeah. gave in. She finally felt bad enough for him to where <laughs> she was like, all right, dude. Like, her, I, I always thought her very specific amount of apathy toward him was hilarious. It was, it right? Was like, like, it was like, I don't care who you are. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he kept being like, remember it's Nate? Remember me? And she'd be like, yeah. okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was always, but, I always uh, found that funny. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, you can find Aaron at Bitter Units. And do you guys have something in the works for a next episode that's coming up soon? Um, if I would get off my ass, yes. Um, mm. We're gonna have we're 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 gonna have uh, relatively soon. I just need to get it scheduled. Uh, our sponsor, Revelton Distilling Company. Um, Rob and Christy and and maybe Matt, their salesperson, is gonna come on, and we're gonna talk about. Um, they just did a, a distillery only release of a rye for the first time. So we're gonna talk about that. Um, I think that's coming soon. I just need to get off my butt and email Matt about it. I see. And we are appreciative of uh, Revelton and Betfred Sportsbook Studios for sponsoring the pod and also Brown Dog Farms. Oh, yeah. Brown this Dog is Farms. my yeah. my first, first pod in the Betfred Sports Studio. Yeah, so we are thankful for that sponsor at, at some point we'll get gambling involved in the pod and uh go over some your studio like your that. betfred sports studio looks nicer than my betfred sports studio. <laughs> mine's also in a state that doesn't allow the sports book to exist so. <laughs> mine also so I don't, we'll, I don't have it here either yeah so we are thankful for them. Some of us are in states where uh, the sports book, uh, Brett Fred sports book can exist. So we are definitely thankful for that. Um, 
I think Aaron, we're going to have to come back at the end of the season and kind of wrap things up because we're probably exactly at the midway point and we need to finish this off with our thoughts, uh, especially if this is going to be the, the last season. It sounds good. So we're going to come back. We're going to, we're going to revel in some feelings, see what Keely and Roy are up to. Um, probably get another holiday episode in at some point. I'm sure they'll do another holiday episode and, and we'll see. Uh, where it goes from there. Brown Dogs Farm are Norwalk, Iowa-made hot sauces and dressings. Brown Dogs Farm was born out of the dream to emulate the simple life of Rob's grandparents, who inspired him with their hard work and abundant gardens. Rob and Amanda set out to create a unique blend of fruit and pepper that would satisfy the part of the brain that craves great flavor without sacrificing the spice of the peppers. Sweet, but still packing heat. With combinations like jalapeno green apple, habanero peach, cherry rhubarb reaper, and other great flavor combinations, there is a spice and flavor that is right for any party or get-together. BDF also has homemade versions of their classic and spicy ranch that are one of a kind. You can order all of those and more online at www.browndogsfarm.com and ask your local grocery to stock up. Hot take they, bold prediction. Yeah. Let's see. Which one do I want to go with? Uh bold prediction is that Beard does not go back to America with Ted, stays and manages Richmond on his own. I could definitely see that. Wow. I could definitely see that. Um, I think my my spicy hot take, sponsored by Brown Dogs Farm, would be that uh, Rebecca ends up selling the team and having kids and settling down. Ooh, with dude. With dude. Oh, those would be some good looking babies. It's very good looking babies. So um, I, the podcast always supports if you're making good looking babies uh, that are gigantic uh, blue eyes. We, we definitely support that. Uh, we definitely support uh, not knowing your partner's name. If you guys have a random night out and it's good and it's consensual. Hey, you don't have to know each other's names. It's It's highly unusual, but. Yeah, yeah, like this episode has shown me that you don't necessarily need to know each other's name or it's better than lying to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it is better than lying. So all right. Uh thank you for joining us at Fill in the Blank Pod uh with me, Anya. And thank you for Aaron for joining us. And we will thank catch you, you later. Me. Um we will be back with another episode sooner rather than later. Until then, be safe, be good. Talk to you later.